coach Ernie Williams and a special guest here, TK LaFleur. She is an expert mental performance coach. She's going to help me get my mental right so I can play ball again. Now nah, we're not going to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> but today we're doing a four-part, four uh, four-week series on mental performance. This week we are talking about confidence. That's today's topic. Um, mostly in youth athletics, but these techniques and these things that we talked about will help um, uh, older athletes, any type of athlete. We're going to talk about things that coaches or parents can start to uh, look at and maybe notice different tendencies in athletes if they're having um, low uh, confidence or their confidence goes up and down. We're going to give some athletes some different techniques to keep that confidence boosted up. Um, and keep their mental free so we can perform. TK, welcome to the show. What up? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you, you know, having me on here for this. Super excited. You're welcome. Thanks for jumping on and doing this. I'm excited for the next uh, four weeks, the next three sessions we have. It's going to be great. It's going to be really great. Uh, nobody, I don't think, is really talking talking about these things and bringing this to the forefront for our young athletes. So I'm, I'm glad and proud to bring you on to the show. First... Let's get a little background about yourself. Right. Let's, let's learn who Coach TK is. All right. Bring us into your world. <laughs> so let's see. Um, I have been playing ball since the day before forever. Yep. Um, it's what I did. It's, a, it's who I identified as for a very long time, which is a mistake. But, you know, athletes will get into that a little bit, a little bit later in another episode. Um, <laughs> but... Um, it did allow me to go on a full ride scholarship um, to play. I originally went to Nebraska, uh, University of Nebraska Lincoln out of high school, and then I transferred to TCU, and that's where I finished up and played. Both places were great. Um, had a lot of success in college. Um, I was newcomer of the year. And nice. um, when I went to TCU, newcomer of the year, we won the conference championship. Um, I went to three NCAA tournaments, one WNIT tournament. Um, so a lot of success in college for sure. Um, then I went on to play pro. I played for a year in, in Poland. Uh -huh. And then I also um, played for five years in the States in the WBCBL out in Louisiana. And that was a great, great experience for me. That's actually what propelled me to get to Poland, to get some tryouts in Germany, all of that good stuff. So um yeah, I mean, I just was really successful. I got a lot of accolades coming out of high school, accolades in college, accolades at the pro level. I mean, all district, all conference, all state, all this jazz. Like, it's a lot of stuff. And a, and a lot of that is attributed to um, the coaches and the trainers and, and the people, family, especially, that were in my life that really just pushed me and, and propelled me and put me in positions to be successful on the court. Right. Awesome. And so you came out in 2005, right? We were the same same year. Hey, now listen, I did not come out. Yeah, I came out. <laughs> so we played against each other in college. Rewind. No, that's not it. Yeah, that's <laughs> when I came out. Oh, five. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So play pro. Yep. Um, went to college and then bring us back to. So let's talk about, well, let's talk about your um, experience in, in, in college um, and maybe pro. Can you talk a little bit about just some adversities you went through, um, maybe because of the level you were changing at, uh, changing into, or, you know, did you have to add some skills or was a, were there some mental barriers there when you had to make those changes? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, going from high school to college, it's bigger, faster, stronger, right? Everyone is either at your talent skill level or higher. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot more teams that have players that are six feet and taller. And so that makes a difference when you get to the rim. You got to shoot a floater instead of just shooting your traditional layup. Like it, it, it all matters. But the other big thing is that something that I really had to learn is there like a feedback or is that just me? Yeah. Do you hear that? I hear that too. Okay. I didn't know if it was just me or what. I don't know what to do with that. Let's see. No, that's all right. I don't hear it as much anymore. I kind of just moved my computer a little bit. So maybe that helped. Nope, that didn't help, but that's okay. Um, I don't have any phones or anything, so, but I'll keep going. But the biggest thing really going from um, high school to college is I went from being a big fish to a small fish. And I wasn't ready for that because I wasn't ever used to that. I was always used to being one of the top players on, the, on whatever team I was on. I was used to being a go-to player, a player that was in the game down the stretch. The coach trusted me, depended on me to, to make plays. And then when you get to college, it's not always like that, depending on where you go, depending on your skill level, your talent level, what your drive is, all of that stuff. So that was a big adjustment for me. And that actually played into my confidence and it actually impacted how I felt about myself, how I felt about my game, my skills, my talents, all of that stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not good enough to play at this level. But I know I knew I was, but I wasn't showing it with how I was playing in practice, how I was playing in the games. I was very inconsistent. And when you're inconsistent, that impacts your confidence because you don't know, you don't, if you don't know what um what version of you, what player of you is going to go out on the court? How can your coach trust put you in the game if you don't even know? So that's why yeah. being consistent is so important. But it's it's a mindset. It's a mentality. It's You have to know you're the best player on the court. Even yeah. if you're not, it doesn't matter. Tell yourself you are because then you're going to want to compete so hard to be the best player on the court that you're going to just you're going to naturally play at the level that you're supposed to play at consistently. So I have to learn how to do that on a consistent basis. And I'll be honest, it took me my whole freshman year to figure that out. It took everybody's whole freshman year. (laughs) No. Courtney Paris, it didn't take her her freshman year. It took her two games. It took her two games. (laughs) Two games and she was good. Wow. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it took me my entire freshman year to figure this one thing out. And I and it, it's only because I've never had to deal with it because, like I said, in high school, I was one of the, the best players. I was the number. I was like ranked number five in my class coming out for guards. So yeah, there there's not a lot of people between five and one. So why would I think that I need to worry about that? Right. But you do. It doesn't matter if you're the top player in your class or you're the last player in your class. You still have to make that transition. And it starts with your mindset. It starts with confidence. So I definitely had to figure that out. But going into my sophomore year and then on down the line, started putting in extra hours in the gym, started really believing in myself, focusing on what I could control. And once I started doing that, my level of play remained consistent. I, I, you were naturally going to get stronger. They were going to put you in the weight room. You were naturally going to get faster. They were putting you on programs and rest. So all of that stuff you didn't have to worry about. I just need to focus on, for me as a guard, my ball handling, my shooting, and my dribbling. I mean, and my defense. Yeah. 
And if I got those, if I had those consistent, I was good. Yeah. And I'm glad that you pointed those specific skills out because I, what I was going to add to uh, you talking about uh, having a mind, killer mindset, right? Uh, trying to be the best player on the court. And, and, um, in addition to that, knowing what you do, yep. the best, like what is your purpose on any team that you know, yep. on any game that you play, pick up, who, it doesn't matter who you play with, what are the things that you do naturally? What are your things that you do? And you just yep. listen to yours off, right? You just listen yep. to your off, yours off. So you understood, okay, I got to put that work in. I got to do those things that I know I can rock at. I know I'm the best on this team um, uh, for. And then in my mind, believe yep. that I'm the best at that. It's a mentality. It's confidence a mentality. is a mentality. Confidence is it's not, a, it's not necessarily you have it or you don't. Either you believe it in your mind mm-hmm. or you don't believe it in your mind. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. And, and it's what you tell yourself every day. What do you tell, what are you thinking about every day? What do you focus on every day? Controlling those controllables. Do you say like it, confidence truly is it's a choice and Ooh, you yeah. own you own your confidence, right? No one can take it from you, but you can most definitely give it away. It's sort of like your peace and your joy. You have to protect it. Oh, like if that. you don't protect it, who else will? Because nobody is going to care as much about your, your peace, your joy, your confidence as you will. And it's not their job to. It's not your coach's job to instill confidence in you. It's not their job. It's your job to protect that and to go into every game, every practice, pick up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're playing horse. Go in top-notch confidence. Hands down, period, the end. Yeah. And I think, too, if you're just, like you said earlier, just just if you're just trying to compete on the highest level of you, that a lot of things, if you just try to do a lot of things, like compete all the time, give your best, confidence naturally rises. If you mm-hmm. put the work in, if you do what you're supposed to do in the weight room with the programs that, that our colleges give us, yep. your confidence will naturally rise. But there's a consistency and a patience that you have to have with all the work that we do, the film, the mm. extra, the extra uh, shots, right? Everything. It's just, yep. it's, it's you got to be patient, but it's a, it's a consistency. And once you're consistent, man, that, that, that confidence will show up at the right time. It's so it will. Cool. It, it will. It, no it, lie. It'll light you up. No lie. So here, here, here's a story for you. My, um, I told you guys I transferred from Nebraska to TCU my junior year. So I had for NCAA rules. If you transfer and you're not granted a waiver, you have to sit out a year. So in my in my sit out year, it's called a redshirt year. In my redshirt year, I knew I had a zero percent chance of getting in any game, but I had to show up to practice every day. And my role, my junior year, my redshirt year, was to make sure that whoever I was guarding or whoever was guarding me was getting the most preparation for those games because I knew that they had to be ready for the game. So even if you have to sit out, even if you're injured, it doesn't matter. My confidence and my mentality was I still have to be on top of my game to make my teammate better. Mm -hmm. And so when I wasn't in practice and they were traveling, had games, whatever, I was in the gym, I was shooting. I would shoot so many shots on the shooting gun, so many threes, and work on my pull-up game, work on my free throws. Just there were so that that was just one area that I just knew, like with the coach that I had at TCU, he wanted us to shoot a lot of threes. So I knew I needed to be ready to knock down some threes. For an entire year, I worked out knowing I had 
a 0% chance of getting any game. All I can do is cheer from the sidelines, right? So let me tell you what happened. The next season, first first game back in over a year, because remember, I sat out from um, March of the previous season, because that's when we got knocked out of NCAAs, yep. from March of the previous season, all the way until November of a season later. So that's like a year and a half of no true game experience. First game back after like a year and a half of sitting out. We played Maryland. Okay, so for people who don't know about Maryland, at that time frame, they were, I want to say, two years removed from their national championship. Christy Tolliver is on the team. Marissa Coleman was on their team. Um, Lynetta Kaiser was a freshman. All three of them were All-American. Well, Lynetta Kaiser went on to be an All-American. And then we had um, Christy Tolliver and Marissa Coleman, who were All-Americans, along with a few others who, you know, were first, second team All-ACC. They're the number three team in the country. My first game back. Guess what happened? We beat them by double digits, and I had 28 points. And I went, um, I think I went six for 10 from the three-point line. Dang. So the point of telling you guys this is if you put in the work, it doesn't matter how long you have to work. If you put in the work, just like Ernie said earlier, you will get to the point where you're so confident, and at the right time, you – we'll see all of your work just like, boom, there it is. And then you're going to be like, man, if that's what I have to do to play at this level all the time, it's worth it. Because guess what? That's when that's when your confidence increases. That's when, for those in high school looking to get a scholarship, that's when the looks start coming from the college coaches. Mm-hmm. That's when your, your coach starts to trust you more because you're playing consistently. That's when um, – all your teammates are leaning on you. That's when it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to become the leader of the team, but you're putting yourself in position to be the leader of the team because you know what it takes. You know what it took to get you to that level. So that confidence that you're instilling in yourself by preparing all the hours you spend in the gym working extra, that's adding confidence to you. You should walk in the gym and just know, hey, I shoot threes. I make threes. That's what I do. No questions asked. You can't stop me on the three-point line. That's how you walk in the gym as a three-point shooter. It don't matter where they put you, in the left corner, in the right corner, top of the key, left wing, it doesn't matter. If you're a three-point shooter, that's the mentality you have, but that's confidence. That's a swag. Like that. When they people say, oh, he has a swag, they're talking about confidence. They're talking about a really, really off-the-chart level of confidence. That's all swag is. It's not what shoes you're wearing. It's not how you wear your uniform, blah, blah, blah. No, swag is confidence. So if you want major confidence, put in the work. Put in the work. And it'll show up. It'll show up in any game. It'll show up in crunch time. You'll be ready for crunch time. You'll be ready for those late-game free throws. I've made game-winning free throws. Didn't even know they were the game winning free throws because there was still so much time left on the clock. We were playing AM, they're ranked. The next year they went on to win the national championship. So we basically were playing the national championship team. Yeah. Made free throws with like 40 seconds left in the game. Those were the game winning free throws. Mm -hmm. Had no idea, but I stepped to the line with confidence because I knew I could knock down my free throws. Crunch time or not. But that's confidence. That's swag. That's how you carry yourself. That's how you think about yourself. That's how you talk to yourself. What are you telling yourself? Exactly. What are you telling? What are you telling? Saying to yourself every day, positivity. Yep. I talk. I talk about a lot about that with my kids that I train, and more specifically in the situation of free throws. 
after we do a drill, we got to make two or three, three in a row. I don't do just make one and go sit down unless we crunch for time, but I make them in a row. Mm -hmm. and so I teach them to, you know, kind of figure out what makes them tick or what puts the positivity into their heads. I try to get them to talk positive, positively to, into themselves. They don't mm -hmm. have to talk to me because it, it'll make them feel weird. But, <laughs> you know, when I see them, let's say, for example, miss three or four in a row, I'm like, okay, so how are you talk, talking to yourself? Mm -hmm. what, are you, what are you saying to yourself? Are you, are you cussing yourself out? Are you cussing yourself out? <laughs> and they're, they'll be like, yeah, kind of. Don't do that, right? right. Change their frame of their mind. I tell them, step off the line. Uh, you know, make the referee wait on you type of stuff. That's how right. I do I had to get my breath in. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have we actually seen a violation on a free throw? True. So take your time. Um, kind of Larry Bird style. If you want to look at the look at the shot clock and put yourself up one already, put yourself up two. Whatever you have to do, but talk to yourself positively. I got this. Don't worry about if you missed that or made it. Kind of be neutral. Yep. And figure out and and really, it's huge for kids to figure out how to go to the next play, mm -hmm. the next shot. Right. Um, yeah, I see that a lot in the training and and, and I, I want to get better at how, uh, how to notice that, but then also how to give, you know, techniques to them as far as thinking more positively about themselves. And right. sometimes you got to walk around talking to yourself. I'm going to do hey. this. I'm going to make it. I got this. You have to. You we have, have to. done it. Yep. And you have pro, to. Pro. I mean, I'm talking to myself. I had a streak of bad games. I'm walking to practice. I'm like, I got this today. Ain't nobody getting no rebounds. Today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've written rebound on my wristband to remind myself to rebound. Whatever, Whatever you have to do. <laughs> you, we've done it all. We've probably done yep. it all. Any kind of thing that will motivate us and remind us in the game. Oh, okay, let's go. I got this. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, think about like, um, I don't know how many Kobe fans are out there, but think about Kobe Bryant's doing work. And they had him mic'd up in the Spike Lee joint. And they, if you hear how much he was talking to himself and to his teammates, talking to your teammates helps you just as much as it helps them. Yes. It lets you know, it keeps you mentally engaged. It does. And if you aren't mentally engaged, your confidence can waver, your play can waver. So you have to find ways to remain mentally engaged. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, and the other thing um, for the 10 part series for Michael Jordan, last thing, yep. right? Think about all of the times that he was talking to himself. Think about all of the times that he made games within games. Think about all of the times that, okay, specifically with the Reggie Miller, um, one of the first times that Reggie Miller played Jordan, they were talking about how Jordan didn't come out and he wasn't playing very well. He was still being Jordan, but it wasn't like, oh, snap, that's Jordan. It wasn't that level of play. But and so Reggie Miller was like, are you serious? Like, this is the Jordan y'all been talking about? This is the Michael Jordan y'all been talking about? And then what happened? That's all Michael Jordan needed to hear. Just that little bit. <laughs> and he lit Reggie Miller up. That in was the a backfire, field. Reggie. That was a backfire. Right. It's just like, so you have to find, I mean, if you can, if that's what drives you to just, like, take your game up to another notch, because think about it. When you're at that level of play, your body language is different. Your self-talk is different. Your focus is different. And all three of those things are needed for confidence. So think about this. If 
you see one of your teammates coming to the game. I was always taught to treat every sub like an honored guest. You want them to automatically feel like, hey, I belong here. I can be a part of this five that's playing. I can do great things, right? So think about if a sub comes in the game and their head is down and they're kind of walking really slow and they're just like, okay, I guess I'll go in. Are you going to have confidence in them? No. But why would you walk like that? Why would you walk like that? Because no one else on the court is going to have confidence in you. So yeah. if you you have to, your body language says a lot. You know, head up, shoulders back, you know, you're walking stern, you're walking with confidence, you're walking briskly, like you're moving with urgency. All of those things exude confidence. Because when you start doing that, you you start to get that feel of the game. That's the flow that people are talking about. Like, man, she's just in rhythm. She's in the flow of the game. He's in the flow of the game, whatever. That's body language. Okay, think about your focus. Are you sitting on the free throw line doing your free throw routine, thinking about the test you, you have tomorrow? No. If you are, you're probably going to miss that free throw. And I don't want to fail. Right. Like, while you're in practice, while you're in the game, you can't study for that test. But why think about it? <laughs> you can't. You can't pull your book out on the free throw line and say, okay, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Like, you can't do that. So where is your focus? Because your focus is going to determine it plays into your confidence, which plays into your body language. All of that goes together. And then back to what E was saying, your self-talk. Are you saying, oh, man, I'm the worst person on the team. I don't belong here. She's better than me. Comparison will eat away at your confidence. So, and that's a part of self-talk. So what are you telling yourself? I'm not as good as her. Who cares? You don't need to be as good as her. You need to be the best version of you. Yes. That's what the coach recruited you for. She may be better at ball handling. You may be a better shooter. The coach didn't recruit you to dribble the ball. She recruited you to shoot the ball. So who cares if you can't dribble as well as she can? Let her dribble. You shoot. It's okay. That's why it's a team. But your body language, your self-talk, and your focus that is is so important to your confidence and the faster you can identify what those things look like when you're playing at your ultimate best and what they look like when you're struggling mm -hmm. the faster and easier you are going to be able to correct them as soon as you feel that decline the yes. faster you self correct the more consistent you're going to be because that dip is not going to go as far yeah um, so, oh yeah that's great that's great um can you talk about uh, and I, I, this popped into my, my head when you were talking about um, comparison and comparing mm -hmm. ourselves to other players and other, mm -hmm. players, other teams. That's just that that's a downhill. That's a no, no from the jump. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about players that may have um, confidence issues around their size, smaller point guards or even big, bigger, we call them big men, but bigger men or, or ladies that are uncomfortable in their skin? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So unfortunately, that is a part of puberty. You become <laughs> a bit more uncomfortable, male or female, in your skin. Um, and that's just one of those things where, let me see the best way to phrase it, is that's where you really have to hone in on what your strengths really are. Yep. Because yep. when you start comparing to, oh, man, well, she's a bigger point guard than me. That doesn't take away from what you can do. Mm -hmm. Think about Andrea. Okay, for people who may not know, I, I played with, I played against Andrea Riley. She yeah. is not the tallest point guard yeah. by any means, but the girl is explosive. She's effective. 
She can slice and dice. She can get her shot off. It does not matter. If she, if she tells herself, you can't guard me, it's game over. The girl is beastly. One of the best players to come out of Oklahoma State in a very long time. But she's not very tall. But she still went on to get drafted. She still played overseas. She still played in WNBA. So it doesn't necessarily matter how tall you are, how short you are, your size or anything. What matters is that you understand that this is how my body frame is. I have no control over it as, as far like you can gain weight, you can lose weight. But for the most part, you really don't have any control over how tall or short you are. Mm-hmm. But what you do is what are you good at in your newfound frame? What are your new strengths? Because you may go from, like, for example, when I first started playing, I was the tallest person on the team. So I played center. Now, I would never play center. I'm 5'8". There's no way in the world I'd be playing center. So as I got older and players started passing me up in height, I had to figure out, well, what am I good at for my height? I'm no longer going to be a post player. I better get better at ball handling. I better get better at shooting. I can be quick. Six, six, two players are not going to be as quick as I am. Maybe now because I'm a little older, but back in my prime, six, two players, majority of the time are not going to be as quick as I am. They're not going to be as fast as I am. And that's okay. It's no not the taller players. It's just I am able to run faster than they are. But they have a height advantage. So it's just a matter of what are you in your new frame as you're growing what are you good at in your new frame? And the faster you are able to identify those strengths and yeah. then develop those strengths with extra practice, maybe going to a trainer. If you want to get stronger, get in the weight room. Um, if you want your conditioning to get better, get on a bike, get go run, swim laps. It doesn't do some agility drills if you want to get quick. Once you identify those those things that you can be good at in your new frame or already are good at in your new frame, practice those nonstop. Get as good as you can possibly get because you, your weakness will never be as good as your strongest strength, if that makes sense. So if I'm not really strong with my left hand, I can get better at my left hand, but my left hand will never, ever be as strong as me shooting a three. It never will. I can still go left, but I'm a much better three-point shooter than I am going left, and that's okay. So you have to identify what are you good at as you're growing into your into your frame, into your skin, into your weight, into your your muscles, whatever. All of that is going to change. What are you good at? Practice it over and over and over. Your confidence is going to shoot through the roof and then nobody's going to be able to stop you. Nobody's going to stop you. It's the work, man. It's the work. It's the work. I love it. I love it. Uh, Coach, real quick, let's see if, if I can pop you in and out of the okay. of the stream. So okay. Get that TikToking thing off. Let's see how I can do it. Remove. Kick from studio. I don't want to kick you. <laughs> All right, let's bring her back. All right, okay. I brought you back. Let's see. I don't know what that would be, but let's see if it. Uh, Is that any better? I don't hear it right now. Yeah, I still I hear it on my side. Okay. Oh, well. This we'll get it figured out for next time for sure. We'll Sorry, guys. We'll figure it out. All right, so that was pretty good. That was awesome. All that. Um, I agree with everything you said, man. Um, just as a player and as a coach as well, seeing it in, in other kids that I, I've trained and watching other trainers um, 
in their uh, organizations as well. Um, let's see, what, where can we go next? Do you have, we've been kind of talking about techniques for the players. Mm -hmm. um, any, any words for parents specifically when, um, you know, they see their, their kid or their child maybe struggling with confidence? Mm -hmm. Should they, what should they do? Should they kind of jump in mama bear style or <laughs> let them figure it out type of style? Where should we go? What can we do? That is very interesting. My dad and I was just talking about this um, the other night. I really wish that noise would stop. So it's one of those things where you have to kind of go between being tough on your kid, but also being like the safety blanket where they can like just have a conversation with you. Like, it's because think about it. If you have a bad game, if you're struggling, whatever. The athlete is already beating themselves up. The coach probably yelled at them more than normal during the game, after the game, in timeouts, at halftime, in every other game. Yeah. <laughs> Their teammates may or may not have been saying things to them, or their teammates are like shunning them because they're not happy with how well they played. Yep, yep. So all of these things are going on, and then they get in the car and you yell at them. Well, that's not right. helping. <laughs> it doesn't help. It just makes it worse. So there's like a time and a place. So it's just a matter of saying, you know, I know it was a rough game. Even if you wait one day, like let the emotions just die down. But it's a matter of saying, like, I know it was a rough game. What did you do right? What did you do wrong? How do you feel about the game? And then listen. Let the athlete, let your children tell you what their thoughts are because they have thoughts and they're going to, they're probably going to beat themselves up more than you beat them, beat them up in, in regards to how they feel about their play. And then remind them like, okay, you had one bad game. Don't make it two. Don't make it three. Don't make it the rest of the tournament. Mm -hmm. You know, There's a lot more to, there's a lot more to play during the season um, if you're an AAU during that tournament. So then be like, okay, just give them the reminders. Like, what are you good at? Well, I'm good at this, this, and this. Well, did you do those things in the game? Mm, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Um, what was your body language like when you when you walked in the game? Mm -hmm. If you're a starter, did you start with big, bold, you know, oh yeah, we're about to get this. I'm ready, I'm locked in, let's go. Yeah. Or are you just kind of like, well, it's another game. It probably doesn't matter because it's the first game of the tournament. Did you have that type of body language? Did you have that type of mentality? What have you been telling yourself? Mm -hmm. When when this point in the game happened, what were you telling yourself? What were you focusing on? You know, like get allow the athlete, ask them those kinds of questions, allow them to express to you what they're feeling and thinking, because those are the things that are going to chip away at their confidence. And if you just yell at them, oh, my gosh, you're better than that. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. Why didn't you shoot that shot? And why didn't you catch this pass? And blah, blah, Like, that doesn't help. It just makes it worse. Do you ever and, actually get a right answer, a, a, no. a, an answer when you say why this, why that? <laughs> you I'm don't sure. get an answer. If I, if I knew she wasn't open, I wouldn't have passed the ball. Right. And parents realize that. What you see from the stands is not what we see on the court. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times it's obvious to you, like, why did you just give her the ball? Well, 
because dad, because mom, when I was standing on the wing, there was my defender and there was another defender in help. And this girl was playing top side and I didn't feel confident making that wraparound pass with my left hand. Mm -hmm. So I passed it to the top of the key. I know you saw her wide open, but there's so many angles and this and that. So it's hard to really compare what the athlete sees versus what the parents see versus what the coaches see on one play. And so just allow now, is there a time and a place to 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 you know be a little a little harsher and and get on your, your child and athlete? Yes, there probably is, but it's not every time. It's not after every game. And then when they do have a good game, guess what? Have the exact same conversation. Why? Because then they're starting to piece together and you're helping them piece together what they're thinking, what they're saying, what they're doing, what they're focusing on, what their body language says when they have an amazing game. And then what the answers look like when they don't have the best game. Mm -hmm. Now they're starting to see like, man, if I can eliminate these over here, I can play at this level more consistently. Well, what do I need to do to do that? Work out extra, get in the gym more. All of those things feed into your confidence. And and Frederick Douglass said this quote, and I really like it. It says, I'm actually, I'm going to read it so I don't butcher it. But he says, a man is worked on, a man is worked upon by what he works upon. Right? So a man is, um, or woman, a man is worked upon by what he works upon. So meaning like iron sharpens iron. So I'm not going to get better at three pointers if I never work on three pointers. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get better with my ball handling if I never practice my ball handling. And so if you know areas that when you're on, you're on, and when you're off, you're off, that's probably a strength. It's not a fluke. It's not a this. It's not a, ooh, I got lucky this game. You're probably a really good three-point shooter, free-throw shooter, mid-range shooter, post player. I go to three because that was my thing. But um, if you you know that and you want to be more consistent and more confident every time you shoot, put in the extra work and your confidence goes up. Like when you get the ball on the the wing and you're a three-point shooter – it shouldn't matter. You should always have the ball ready to shoot because you're that confident that even if I shoot the ball right now with the defender in my face, I'm going to knock it down. You may not ever shoot that shot, but you need to have the confidence that if you did shoot it, it's going in. Why shoot a shot if you're like, I'm just shooting it because I'm open. If it goes in, great. If it doesn't, great. No one should be doing that. I'd rather you just not shoot the ball if I was your coach. So um, it's, it's, it's really a matter of um, focusing on what you can control, focusing on your strengths, and, and really building upon that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I agree. I wanted to kind of chime in when you we were talking about um, the parent, the parental mm-hmm. conversation. And, you know, I, I get a lot from whenever somebody wants private training or they need some, some training. The parent, some parents will say, oh, they're not listening to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And at that point for me, I'm kind of, and I work with the kids. They're not a disrespectful kid. Not, right. Most of them don't have these crazy attitudes. Mm-hmm. Some, do, some do, but most That's of them That's nice. Don't. That's real but, nice. Uh, and for me, what I think, and, and let me know what you think. 
for me, what I think is that at that point, whatever age group they are, and they're not listening to mom and dad, it's that I think parents need to understand you are mom and dad. You are the, the number one fan with the pom-poms. You are the support system. Mm-hmm. You're not coach, right? And there's some coaches that are parents. And then that is, that relationship is, is um, harder because you are both. And you have mm-hmm. to understand when to be coach and when to just be mom right. and dad. Um, so for the parent, for the parents that may watch this, um, just remember: sometimes we just need a we just need a a, a, a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't want to talk necessarily right right after the game about the game about mm-hmm. that last minute layup that I missed. Like you said, I I heard it from coach. I heard it from my freaking teammates. I felt stupid in front of everybody. It was a last minute shot. I missed it. I'm already putting yep. myself down, and my negative stuff is going on. I don't need my number one fan to also jump in. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So that's just the one little tip that I can give parents to, to just to remember, be the number one, number one fan. Kids will talk. They'll start to get stuff off their chest when they're ready and when yep. they feel it's safe yep. with you. Yep. When they yep. And, and if you start just letting them talk whenever they're ready, they'll start talking more. And you won't feel, I don't, I don't think you will, they will feel um, that they don't listen to you anymore. And it's probably because you don't listen to them or let them <laughs> know. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. It's, it's, it's a really fine line to play. Yeah. And sometimes I've had to do that with my dad when I was younger. Like, dad, I'll tell you later, but just not right now. Like, just let it go for right now. Yeah. Let me get my thoughts together. Let me get my emotions out. Because what happens is, and I'm parents, let me know if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. You start yelling at them, and then what happens? They yell at you. And, well, back and forth. it's just a back and forth, a back and forth, a back and forth, and nothing is getting accomplished but yelling. And then and then what? And then what? And now and so it's like I agree with you was saying, sometimes you just need that support, you just need a hug, like. I know that was a bad game, Dad. I know that was a bad game, Mom. Just hug me right now, and we can talk about it in the morning over breakfast or whatever. It, it's not like they don't want to tell you stuff. It's not like they're not listening to you. It's just there's always a, a right time to have those conversations. There's always a right way to go about it. And sometimes, yeah, they need a good chewing out. Hey, I've had some games. I've had some tournaments go by when I played AAU. Where, you know, my dad's had me in the parking lot running suicides. I wasn't happy, but I didn't do that anymore. Whatever I did that game, I don't even remember because I said, I can't do that ever again. It was effective and it was just like, boom. But at the same time, there were other times after games, after really tough losses, where my dad just gave me a hug and he was just like, you played your best. You did what you had. You did what you could do. And sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles and just get back in the gym and get to work. And that would be the end of that conversation. There was no yelling. There was no nothing. And it, so it was just a fine balance. It took us a while to get to that point in, in the relationship with my dad for basketball because he was he was really intense. Yeah. But I don't I'm not mad at him. I don't you know, have any ill will, negativity or anything towards him. But it took us a while and it took me a while. To get to that point where I could say, dad, sometimes I just need you to be my dad. Other times, yeah, heart, do what you got to do. But that also comes with a level of maturity from the athlete. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's not easy because, you know, you already have a, a slew of emotions going on and all of that. But there is a level of maturity that has to come with that athlete understanding, um, hey, sometimes I'm going to get chewed and sometimes I'm not. Mm-hmm. But the parent, read, read how your athlete, read how your child is reacting. Yeah. And that kind of gives you a good guide of which way to go. And the other thing that you mentioned was um, parent athlete, like if the, if the parent is coaching the athlete's team, yes. that can be really tough. I did not necessarily have that situation later in my high school um, AAU days, but I know a few teammates that did. And I think what worked for them was there were a lot of teaching moments that we probably didn't see as a team. So we may have only seen like the coach athlete relationship, but we never saw the parent daughter relationship, the car rides where the teaching moments were happening, the the session, the film sessions at home where they're watching film be like, okay, remember in the game when this when I was yelling this, this is what I meant by it. And they're watching the film together to actually see what the coach was trying to get the athlete to understand. And those are called teaching moments. And that's where the learning happens. So it's sort of like when you discipline your child, if you discipline them, if you never teach them why they were disciplined and how to do it the correct way next time, right? they never learn. All they know is they were disciplined. So you have to have a good mix of teaching and being tough on them, being hard on them. Because coaches are going to be hard on them. You don't want to baby them because when you get to college, the coach is going to yell. They don't have time to really baby you in the heat of the moment, but you still need those teaching moments because those teaching moments are the moments that a lot of people just don't see at all, but they're so important to the growth of the athlete and to the confidence of the athlete. Awesome. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I did have that relationship where my mom was actually my coach growing up in rec league and in high school. And then for AAU, she was mom, and I loved it. But I loved, I loved her when she coached me too. And I had to have that sit down, that mature conversation. I think I was a junior, and it was tough. I don't know mm-hmm. how, how sure. it was for you, but it was nerve wracking. But she was at the time she was very open, and actually she she changed. So what was going on was, of course, we're getting coached. I'm getting coached how I'm supposed to, um, and then we would take it home on the car ride home at dinner <laughs> Never in the morning. Did. And I'm like, look, I'm gonna make all all American. I know I should have <laughs> pump fake. I should have passed it over the top. I, I know I should have did it. Right. So I had to just tell her, kind of stick up for myself and, mm-hmm. and say it maturely, right? Not with attitude, not crazy, because you can't come at right. You can't come at mom all disrespectful. Look, yeah, I don't know what I said, but I know how I said it got across and yeah. then from there on th- uh, for the rest of my junior year and senior year those moments were, were way better mm-hmm. because she understood like yeah I, you know I, I am already getting it from uh, she's my assistant coach so I'm getting it from her I'm getting it from my head coach mm-hmm. and my teammates and myself so I give it some time and then we can yep. actually talk about the teaching moments on the film right yeah so it's it was um it's a great that was a great uh part part to talk about but just for those spe- those special uh, player and, and parent coach relationships, you gotta tender that. You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta massage that a little bit more because it can be hostile. Yeah, 
Yeah, everybody can't be Gigi and Kobe. No. <laughs> Rest in heaven to both of them. But I'm just saying, that was a special relationship that they had. And you could definitely tell that it was probably tough to be Gigi. But knowing the success that her dad had and knowing that he was going to teach her. Can you still hear me? Oh, yeah, I can. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. I muted you for some reason. Oh, okay. Am I, is it better? Uh-oh. Let me pop in and out. I don't know what's going on. Can you hear me now? Nope. <laughs> what's going on? Oh, no. Let's see if this will work. Add to stream. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. All right, cool. Okay, interesting. What was the last thing you heard? Uh, I don't know. No? Okay. <laughs> I know I was talking about Kobe and Gigi, but um, I know that it was one of those relationships that um, it was probably hard to be Gigi because she's getting coached by one of the greatest to play the game of basketball. But because of how Kobe was, like his mentality – the mama mentality, right? He was all about mindset. He was all about being the best you can be and finding ways. Like, even as he got older, just like with Jordan, his game changed because he wasn't necessarily the quickest and the fastest anymore. So he adapted to that. And that's a mentality thing. And he was teaching that with Gigi. So I know that there were times where their relationship probably was they were butting heads a lot. But then there were so many teaching moments that she was getting that it kind of offset and it keeps that love for the game present. It keeps it that love for the game in the forefront. And, and once you lose love for the game, you might as well just hang it up. Cause it's not going to be the same. I know that because I lost, I, for a while, I got to a point where I was like, I don't want to play basketball anymore. And I stopped playing after that because I wasn't going to be any good to anybody on my team, to my coaches, to myself. I wasn't going to do myself any justice by playing when I no longer had a passion to play. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have to recognize it, own up to it, and then take the next steps necessarily. But that's another topic for another day. Absolutely. But um, the teaching moments that are what really just make any kind of um, relationship better. Mm -hmm. It's not always going to be, you know, daffodils and rainbows. We wish, but it's not. <laughs> awesome. All right, coach. Um, that's almost almost out of time for our for today's session. Any last um, words or quotes or thoughts that you didn't have a chance to elaborate on that you might just want to uh, get out get out there? Um, I do have a quote written here. Um, I'll start with the quote and then I'll go into the last little bit that I that I wrote down. Okay. But um, it's by Henry Ford, and it says, "Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right." so that plays right into confidence. So if you think you're the best player on the team, you're right. If you think you're the worst player on the team, you're right. So be very mindful of what you tell yourself, of what you believe. Be very mindful about what you let in as far as outsiders 
Don't get caught up in comparison. Don't get caught up in, well, why is she getting more playing time than me? Yeah. Why are they better at this than me? I need to play like them because my game apparently isn't good enough. Like, don't get caught up into any of that. Be very mindful about the type of um, messages that you let into your mind and into your subconscious. And, and that's going to help keep your confidence level at, at a really high level. And the last thing that I want to um, that I want to say is um, you can talk yourself up or you can talk yourself down. Either way, you're going to begin to believe what you say to yourself. Yeah. And then also with your body language, your your body language exudes confidence. So when you mentally choose to be confident, your body language follows. Mm-hmm. So it's it really is confidence really is a mindset. It's a choice. It's a decision to wake up every day and say, I'm confident in my abilities in myself. I know I can do it. Yeah. And then you go out and you do it. So um that's really all that I have on confidence. Um if you if you want to dive more into to some of the things that I've said, I'm gonna just do a little plug here if you don't mind. Do it. If you want to dive more into more of what I said about how to identify your body language and your focus and self-talk and all of that stuff, please, please, please check out the website. It's www.mindset180academy.com. It's right there on the on the bottom banner. Mm-hmm. Shoot me an email which is on the screen. I'm always open to um, having these conversations. I'm, I'm wanting and open and available to work with, with the athletes, with the teams. It doesn't matter getting you on the schedule, getting you on the calendar to start working through mental performance training, because this is an art. Just like we do skills, we do drills to gain your skills on the court. We do drills. We do mental performance drills that enhance your skills and that becomes your mental performance skill set. It's the same concept, we just do it all with our brains. And so that'll help keep you playing at a high level consistently. Absolutely, absolutely. We're gonna talk, we're gonna dive in more to the 180 Academy in our next session and talk more about what you offer so people can get in your deep. Yep, and we lost our hope. Yep. Sorry, good people. We're having all kind of technical difficulties, but we're making it work. That's for sure. We are. Can, I'm. I'm not there. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but I cannot see you. All right. What in the world? It's okay, guys. Well, <laughs> it's my show got, now, people. What? I, I, I got the going on. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to talk more about your 180 Academy uh, next yeah. session. We're going uh, on Mondays at 430 for the next, what, three weeks? Three weeks. And we are going to chop it up about mental performance. Okay. So like I was saying, you guys need to email her. She's going to talk more about what she can offer your teams, your individual players. Um, and, and, and the stuff is so great. It's so great. And we need this. You have to have a mental uh, capacity, capacity and a uh, high confidence yep. player and team to have that performance on the court. And that's all we want. We want that performance on the court. So it's got to start with the that thing that's above our eyes, that brain, okay, and that heart, what we think about ourselves. Coach TK, thanks for coming through. Thanks for having me. All right. So stay on here, Coach. We're, I'm okay. going to end the live, and we are going to see you guys next Monday at 430. we got a new topic. All right. Peace out, y'all. Have a good one. Thank you.